0: So, you'll see that divided into three parts of this psalm. Verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. You can follow along in your sheet if you want. But 1, 2, 3, and 4 really shows that we can come to God with expectation. With great expectation. And then, uh, you'll see in verses 5 through 9, we can come to Him with confidence. Because look the kind of God He is. And then 9 through 13 with thankfulness. That's really the climax of Of this psalm, you know, I entitled this this short message a bounteous God, (laughs) the bounteous God. I know that's a big word. Uh, We don't use it in in our everyday language or on the streets, right? Bounteous, but I couldn't think of a better word. Could not think of a better word than this word to describe the greatness, the givingness of God. He is bounteous. So, what is bounteous? Could ask a Hope academy students that word that 's a special word bounteous. What is bounteous? This means that God is generous. this means he's open-hearted you know not just open hearted in terms of you know just giving forth his gifts, but open-hearted in himself as God he is Bountiful in his own being. This is his character among many other attributes. Okay, He gives abundantly. He's a bountiful God. And you want to see evidence of that? Maybe we don't see so much of the crops in the city, but you go into the countryside, you see fields and fields of ripened grain and corn and soybeans. It's a bounteous harvest. That is sort of, you could say, an image a picture of who God is in Himself. We're going to sing later this song. Now, thank We All Our God. Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us. This is who God is. Okay? No doubt, you know, we should. Perfect timing. Anyway, that's those things happen. But you know, no doubt, we ought to give thanks daily. And our lives ought to be thankful to Him. Our voices, our hands, our hearts ought to be all a response of thanksgiving to who this God is. No doubt every day again. But you know what? God delights in the fact that, yeah, we may gather together corporately as well. He loves individual thanksgiving, personal thanksgiving, but he loves corporate thanksgiving as well. We may do that. And we've chosen to do that on this day, the day of the harvest, the day of the harvest thanksgiving. God's people may come together to give thanks to the Lord. In this case, for the harvest brought in, God delights in it. He loves the praises of his people. He's open-hearted. He loves an open heart back. That's, that's the relationship. He wants an open heart back. And what a beautiful way that we can do this this morning or this afternoon in this way. So yeah, we're going to see first of all, and therefore because he's this kind of God, the true God, right? not like the idols and the gods of the world. They're dead. They can't do anything for you. But this God is so full, is so rich. We can come to him with expectation, we can come with expectation. Notice how the first words of verse one, praise is waiting for you. <laughs> there's throngs of people, lots of people coming from the outside and, and they're just waiting to give him praise because he's the one that they can expect from. I know none of us are farmers. I don't think there's any farmers here. But we all need food To live from day to day, we all need potatoes and rotis and drink in order to live our lives, in order to serve God in our everyday work. Right? We need that. And recently I read something. It was a little meme. And it says this. If you eat today, thank a farmer. If it's on the table, thank a trucker. And if you eat in peace, thank a veteran. You notice that's all connected to food. And we certainly may thank them, and we should. But you know what? This song brings us first, though, before to any of those, first of all, to the Lord Himself, to the house of the Lord. Thanks is given to him for providing the farmer and the trucker and the veteran because he's the one who provides the food so that we can live from day to day. Food in the grocery stores, food in Fortino's, food in Price Chopper, and food in No Frills. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from the fields. It's harvested, it's processed, no doubt. But ultimately, who's the one who gives the rains and the sun? It's the Lord. It's God. We're so dependent on Him, aren't we? Imagine if God would close the skies for a a year. Right? And there's only sunshine and no rains. What would happen to this planet? And you notice as you read through this psalm, all the focus is on Him. All glory to Him. Again and again, you see this pronoun. You, you, your You, you, you. If you read through this psalm, how many times do you see that? I didn't count it, but there's many times. (laughs) You, you, you. It's all a praise and thanksgiving to who he is. So yeah, we come to him with expectation. Why? Why can we come to him with expectation? Because this is the God who answers prayer. You see verse 1? He hears and answers prayer. Praise is waiting you, O God, in Zion, and to you the vow shall be performed. We're going to give our lives in thanksgiving to you. O you who hear prayer, there it is, to you all flesh will come. What an invitation to the world to know that this God is the God who answers and hears our prayers. Perhaps they came together because maybe there was a drought, Maybe there was a famine at that time. Maybe there was a food shortage. We know something about that recently, last couple of years. Little food scares. Maybe it was a recent distress. But then, even in abundance, right, we can give thanks. Because it's so easy to forget God. You know, this is a good reminder again. Oh, Yeah. Be careful not to forget the Lord your God when you have abundance. Moses warns us of that. God warns us of that in Deuteronomy as well. But you know what? The people come to rejoice in this God. He's the one who really hears prayer. And he answers prayer because of Jesus. And that leads us to the second reason why we can come with expectation. He hears our prayers. And If you look at verse 2, or verse 3 actually... We can come to it with expectation because he's the God who really forgives sin and actually does it, right? It's not just pretend. It, he actually forgives sin. See verse 3, iniquities, or he could say, sins prevail against me as for our transgressions. You will provide atonement for them. Atonement in the means covering. You will cover my sins, and God covers them so that we can come into his presence and, and rejoice in him. And expect from him. But he has to put away our sin first. He has to forgive our sin first. We can't pay for it. There's not, a, there's not any possibility for us to pay for our sins. But he pays the price for sin through the blood of his son, our Savior Jesus Christ. And he's the one that opens, us, opens, the, opens his home into his presence for us. You know what? We can come expectantly because anyone who comes to him asking for forgiveness. Will he turn anyone away from his home? No. He hears prayer, and he hears prayer because he forgives sin. And one more thing, why we can come expectantly. Right? He hears prayer, he forgives sin, and the third thing is in verse 4. We come to it with expectation because God alone fully satisfies. What people look for satisfaction in this life, don't they? We try to find it in in family, in money, in many kinds of things. And yet, to a certain extent, they satisfy. But there's only one who can fully satisfy. And this is the God who is open-hearted. He can fully and he does fully satisfy. Look at verse 4. Blessed is the man you choose (laughs) and cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. We shall be satisfied with what? The goodness of being in his presence. His house is in his presence, really. We shall be satisfied. In other words, he satisfies us with himself. And his goodness is a part of who he is in his character. Think about one of the fruits of being satisfied in Him. What's one of the fruits? Contentment. You know what? Thanksgiving can only occur when God satisfies us to the point that we are fully content. And when there's contentment, then there's also joy. Blessed is the man or the woman, the child. You choose. And cause to approach you. And he does that in Christ. Right? What a rich God we have. He hears us. He forgives us. And he doesn't leave us there. He says, I'm going to fully satisfy you. <laughs> we would only believe that. Sometimes we doubt that. But he does. We may trust him for that. It almost goes on. We come to it with expectation. But because of who he is, you know, the idols you can knock down. But not God. We can come to him with confidence, singing praise to him. Who is he? He's the one who made us. He's the one who made all things. God did. And he's the one who can also save us to remake us again. He is so much bigger than anything and anyone else in the world. He made this world. And that special word sovereign, right? Sovereign means he has almighty power. He rules over all things, not to be mean, but to care and to provide for his people. He rules over all creation, every detail, every detail that you can think of. God is in it. God is ruling. He governs every affair of men in this world, Every all the affairs of people. And here he is. He's working. And we would say, you know, we can talk about how can a person wear three hats and do all three things? Well, God does everything. He wears many, many, many hats, so to speak. And he's the one who controls the powers of chaos and evil. They don't have independent existence. Oh, no, they don't. It's under his hand. It's under his hand. And he's the one who brings safety and security and peace and joy To a world that needs Christ. Verse 5. Notice his sovereignty here. Notice his power. By awesome deeds and righteousness, you will answer us. That's why he'll answer us, because look his look at who he is. By awesome deeds and righteousness. O God of our salvation, you who are the confidence, that's what we call this confidence. We can come with confidence of all the ends of the earth, of the far-off seas. We like to use the word awesome. Maybe we don't always use the word bounteous, but how many of us use the word awesome? This is awesome. Right? You hear that word a lot. But when you think about it, right? When something happens, we say awesome. Something great happens. But that's really a word for God. There's only one who's awesome. And it describes him. And it describes all his works. Most of all, of course, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Awesome. And here the psalmist speaks of his awesome deeds and righteousness. He gives some examples of some awesome deeds. He could go on and on and on. There could be many, many pages of awesome deeds. But he gives three. (laughs) He gives three just to illustrate it. Why can we have confidence in him to answer our prayers? Look at verses 6 and 7. It spells out some of his awesome works. One of them is he established the mountains by his strength. Have you ever seen mountain? I think a lot of us have seen mountains. You walk close to a mountain, it's daunting, it's it, it's overwhelming. But he's the one who established them. And I love the metaphor that comes after that. It says here that he he clothes them with power. Being clothed with power. So you see God even dressing the mountains. Right? Something of his beauty, something of his His uh, open-heartedness there. There's something else there, though. It's two more things. Two more things he mentions here. Um, He's the one who stills the noise of the seas, the noise of the waves, and the tumult of the peoples. Right? The the agitation in here. The agitation among the peoples. The disturbances. Oh, God's in control of that. He permits it, but never to hurt God his own people. Remember when the Lord Jesus crossed the lake of Galilee or the Sea of Galilee with his disciples? What happened? A huge windstorm arose and the waves, it says there in Mark 4, beat against the boat. Where was Jesus? He was sleeping. And it says he was sleeping on a pillow down below. Did Jesus not know what's going on? Oh, he did. He was in control. He sent the storm. (laughs) He sent the storm. But he's testing his disciples. And the disciples, they're the ones that were lacking confidence in him. Teacher, do you not care we're perishing? (laughs) What does Jesus say? He calmly gets up from the stern. And it says there, he rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, peace, be still." And immediately, not five seconds later, immediately, the wind ceased, a great calm. They saw his awesome deed. This is God. This is the God that Psalm 65 is speaking of, the Lord Jesus Christ. The disciples saw his awesome deed. They saw his sign. And it says there, they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be? That even the wind and the sea obey him. This one, he can still the disturbances in our hearts, the agitation. He disturbs he he, he stills the, the tumults among the peoples. He can do that in Ukraine, he can do that in Russia, he can do that anywhere in the world. It's all under his control. And that's why we can have confidence knowing that all things work together. Think of Romans 8. All things, not some things, not most things, all things work together for good to those who love God. The whole intent of the psalms is that we may come to know about them so that we can sing, sing. In Christ we confess, and I quote this from Heidelberg Catechism. It says, In Him I trust so completely that I have no doubt that he will provide for me all things necessary for body and soul. Who bought me body and soul? Jesus. In life and in death, body and soul. And he will turn to my profit. He will turn to my good, whatever hard thing he sends me. He's able to do this because he's almighty God. So he has the ability to do it and he wants to do this. He's willing to do this because He's Almighty Father. He's a faithful Father. You know what? In our world today, people are so afraid. They're so worried. There's a lot of worry, a lot of fear about the climate. That's the next thing now. The climate. The climate scare. And they want us to be afraid too. But there's a very simple truth in Scripture. The climate is in God's hands. And he uses, he uses weather patterns not only to instruct us, not only to teach us, but to display his awesome power. For all those reasons, he does that. He does that. That's a simple truth. The climate is in his hands. Not to worry. Not to worry at all. And by the way, as you hear those cacophony, cacophony sounds out there, we can come to God's word, the word that he gave to Noah. Remember the word that God gave to Noah? We should believe that. The word he gave to Noah after the flood. Well, earth remains. Seed time and harvest will always be there. Cold and heat. Winter and summer. No, the globe won't burn up. There'll be summer and winter. Okay? Until the day that Christ returns. Then God talks about a refining of the earth. But until then, it will never cease. It shall never cease. Oh, we can put our confidence in this God. He loves His creation, He loves what He made. But there's hurricanes, there's famine, there's floods, there's forest fires. But even these never come by chance. And it doesn't come because of people. But it's the effects of a world that's fallen into sin. A world broken by sin. And God said these things would happen. And they've been happening ever since Genesis 3. Ever since Genesis 3. And Jesus even says... You'll see these dreadful signs. You'll hear of wars and earthquakes and famines and pestilences. Nothing new has been going on and going on and going on. These are signs really of Christ coming. God is teaching us through these awesome deeds. I'm coming. I'm coming to visit this earth someday. Be ready. I'm open-hearted. Trust me. you find all what you need in me, And notice verse 8 here. They also who dwell in the Father's parts are afraid of your signs. Those are the the signs. All these disasters. It's God who sends them. He uses them. But in the midst of it, creation is rejoicing. See the next line of verse 8. You make the outgoings of the morning and evening rejoice. Even in the midst of it, creation is rejoicing from sun to sun. Rise to sunset is giving us praise to God. They fear, the world fears, but the creation from east to west, from sunset to sunrise, from sunrise to sunset, I should say, rejoices in their creator. And that means he wants us to rejoice in him too. We can come to him with confidence. So we come not with fear, but with thanksgiving. And that leads us to the last few verses. Verses 9 through 13 really paints a a lively picture. You know, people can sometimes paint with vibrant colors and make a beautiful picture. Well, God here, the artist, you see him painting, so to speak, and he paints in vivid colors how he sees creation, how he sees creation responding to him with thanksgiving. What an important lesson to the world that as creation responds with thanksgiving, we too should respond in thanksgiving. Look at verses 9 and 10. You visit the earth and you water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain for as you have prepared it. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. Try to paint that. And try to paint that with the hand of God. That's him. That's God the farmer at work in the creation. This is God visiting the earth. Now, of course, he's always present. He's always active in creation. He's never distant from creation. And sometimes God in his good pleasure withholds rain. He brings famine. He brings food shortages. And he always has a good reason for that. But here you see a picture of God working as the farmer. There is no bigger farmer, no better farmer than God. He's watering. He's preparing. He's providing. He's softening the furrows, softening the dirt with water. And he's blessing. That's from his hand. It's all from his hand. And the beautiful thing is, is he uses the work of the farmer. He uses the work of the trucker. He uses the work of the veteran and everyone else to get it from the field into Fortinos, into no frills. That's why the shelves are full. It's because God pours the, the showers on the fields. That's why we go to Fertino's and we go to the freezers and go to the shells. And what do you see there? Abundance. Oh, sometimes we hear about food shortages, but you see how God provides again and again. It's his gift. What a bounteous God. Go back to the word bounteous. Open hearted God. This is who he is, is in his character. Look at verse 11. You crown the year with your goodness and your past dry, drip with abundance. You think of something that you put in the oven. And if you leave it too long and it's juicy, it just kind of pours over. (laughs) Okay? That's the image of God's, He, he, He drips with abundance in this creation. That's why we celebrate Thanksgiving in October. Why is it? Because what's the crowning of the year? The harvest. The harvest. And that's God coming to us and saying, Look who I am. Look what I've done for you. God loves His creation. He loves what he has made. It's we who spoiled it. It's we who, by our sin, brought so much hurt to it. And yet, in the midst of it, what does God do? Matthew says, he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. The difference is that in the world, the evil and the unjust don't trust the Lord. They don't give thanks to him but the just and the good. They offer their thanks to him because they come to know who he is in Christ Jesus. Finally, in verses 12 and 13, you see how creation gives witness to God. Creation singing, creation rejoicing. It's like God's witness to us and to all humanity. Where are you at? How come you're not singing? How come you're not rejoicing? All dressed up and singing. See that? 12 and 13? They drop on the pastures of the wilderness and the little hills, what do they do? Rejoice. Ever see the little hills? Skip? That's the image here. Try, Try painting that. The hills skipping, rejoicing. The pastors are clothed with flocks. God puts flocks in there, and He said, This is beautiful. These are flocks that are dressing my valleys. The valley also is covered with grain. And then it ends right here. They shout for joy. They also sing. God is saying, that's what I want from you. This is a good example. Creation is a good example for humanity now to lift up their voices and to offer praise and song and thanks to him. He is the open-hearted God who in has given us Christ by which we can have all our sins forgiven and find our full satisfaction in Him. Only in Him will we find it. So let us bear witness to our joy in the Lord.